the Toys R Us report, recorded live from inside the Pooptronics Cellular Undersea Base 0001, 6.5 miles below the ocean surface. Just because your bath don't play tough because he can reverse the earth and turn your bones into dust. He's your host, Icy Robots. If you're looking for me, you better check under the sea. It is your dude, Icy Robots, and I am not a hero, but I do sacrifice a bit of my week each and every week to make your week a bit less weak. And this week, it is going to get so much less weak. We got we got that uh, Ace to Zartan I've been promising. We have... We got a movie review. I saw a flick called White Boy Rick. I'll talk all, all about it. We're going to talk about toys. We're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about that. There, there's some drama here on the, on the undersea base. But hey, what's new? All right. With all that said, let's get jumping. Listening to the Toys R Us report, we were born to be who we are, the bright light from a distant star. I guess maybe at one point we were that, but now we're like, we're like the air bubble that reaches the surface from far below the sea. I'm still, I'm still here down on the, on the undersea bay, 6.5 miles down. It's, it's kind of a drag, man. I got... I got written up this week. I guess that phone call that I that I took the other day when we were in that what I thought was a storage closet was actually the communications bay and the call that I took was actually for Dr. Walsh, the head uh, fish scientist here on the base. She got a bit mad at me that I took the call at all and that I that I hung up and well, they've gone ahead and put a mark in my in my permanent Pooptronics file saying that saying that I was answering phones I shouldn't supposed to be answering. It's not it's not an official reprimand. It's it's a warning that I operated outside procedure, but it's still it's still not it's still not that great. I didn't mean anything by answering the phone. The phone just rang when I was there, so I grabbed it. I didn't And hey man, 
If Dr. Jane Walsh wanted me to know who she was, she could have introduced herself. At no point did that did that ever happen. Sure, she beat on the door when we were recording and yelled at me a few times, but that's not the same as going, Hi, I'm Dr. Jane Walsh. I run the station. It's nice to have you aboard. Nothing like that. Nothing like that has happened as of yet, and I shouldn't even really be talking about this stuff because, as far as I know, they... They could potentially listen to the show. I mean, anyone in the universe could potentially be listening right now. I, let's, uh, let's, I don't know. Let's talk about something else. I, I don't know, man. There's not, there's not a lot going on. It's not like it was up on Callisto. There, there are a lot of similarities. For example, I, I basically keep things tidy. Whereas on Callisto, I would empty out these vents. These vents would get backed up with like lint and stuff, sort of, sort of like dryer vents. I would I would keep those clean with a brush. Here here down below, I I scrape the I scrape the windows free of algae. It's it's very similar to in a fish tank how you would have that one fish that that like skims around the bottom and would keep the keep the things clean from the from the poop and stuff. That's that's what I do. One part of it that is a bit fun is every once in a while, so far twice, I've got to do this. They have these small submarine pods and I get to I get to go out in the out in the pod and blast away at barnacles and stuff with their I guess you would call them like a sonic weapon. It's it's like a burst of sound that blasts forward and it knocks the it knocks the barnacles off the side. I don't know if it is the the pressure, the pressure of the sound wave coming forward through the water, or if it's the sound that the barnacles don't like. I don't even know if barnacles can hear sound, dude. I I know so little compared to some of these some of these fish doctors down here, and they they like to point that out. They like to point out how your boy doesn't doesn't belong under the sea, but it's still it's still fun to blast away at these barnacles with the sub. Fortunately, that's not like a daily occurrence, but they they handle so well. They they're like they're like aquatic bumper cars. They they zip around to and fro and it's almost like they have they have propulsion coming from all directions because you can easily go you can easily force it down, you can easily force it up to the left, to the right. They handle they handle great and they have they have like these grabby arms out the front, like that vehicle that Superman had in the in the uh, superpowers collection. I, you re- I don't you remember know, that? Man. There's not there's not a lot going on. It's not like it was up on Callisto. There there are a lot of similarities. For example, I I basically keep things tidy, whereas on Callisto I would empty out these vents. These vents would get backed up with like lint and stuff, sort of, sort of like dryer vents. I would I would keep those clean with a brush. Here, here down below, I I scrape the I scrape the windows free of algae. It's it's very similar to in a fish tank how you would have that one fish that that like skims around the bottom and would keep the keep the things clean from the from the poop and stuff. That's that's what I do. One part of it that is a bit fun is every once in a while, so far twice, I've got to do this. They have these small submarine pods, and I get to, I get to go out in the, 
out in the pod and blast away at barnacles and stuff with their, I guess you would call them like a sonic weapon. It's, it's like a burst of sound that blasts forward and it knocks the, it knocks the barnacles off the side. I don't know if it is the, the pressure, the pressure of the sound wave coming forward through the water or if it's the sound that the barnacles don't like. I don't even know if barnacles can hear sound, dude. I... I know so little compared to some of these, some of these fish doctors down here, and they, they like to point that out. They like to point out how your boy doesn't, doesn't belong under the sea, but it's still, it's still fun to blast away at these barnacles with the sub. Fortunately, that's not like a daily occurrence, but they, they handle so well. They, they're like, they're like aquatic bumper cars. They, they zip around to and fro, and it's almost like they have they have propulsion coming from all directions because you can easily go, you can easily force it down, you can easily force it up to the left, to the right. They handle, they handle great, and they have they have like these grabby arms out the front, like that vehicle that Superman had in the in the uh, Superpowers collection. Do you re- do you remember that? Coming from the farthest reaches of the universe to challenge the worst villains on Earth are the most powerful heroes ever in the Battle of the Superpowers Collection. Can it be the Supermobile on the attack? The Lexor 7 armed with kryptonite? Will the Supermobile repel those deadly rays? You bet. Ready for battle? Activate Ram! New from Kenner's Superpowers Collection. Vehicles and figures with power action, each sold separately. Flying lessons for Penguin? Fish bait for Luther? Can the Supermobile defeat the Lexor 7? You decide. That's wild. I remember the Supermobile having arms that came out that would, that you could like pick up stuff and punch fools or whatever, but it only has, it only has a ram out the front, kind of like a cow catcher, sort of, that pops out like the, like the cow catcher on a train. That's, that's cool though. That would be useful for, for checking out barnacles. It's interesting when you remember something some way and then you go and you check and it turns out to be completely different than you remember. Still, they are, they're fun to zip around in. I I talked to Engineer Emily, and she said that we are going to be allowed to use the area by the Chum Bucket Cleaning Sink as a, as a studio of sorts. She doesn't have a board. She doesn't have her mic set up and everything, but she's working on it. We had to leave all that stuff in Callisto. It's... It's bonded to the, it's bonded to the station. We couldn't get it out, and we had to leave so quickly. So we're just, we're doing like a makeshift thing here and there whenever we we get the chance. Here you can, you can hear that gurgle gurgling, dude. It's like we're in we're, we're in a fish tank or something. It's so, it's so crazy down here. And you hear those whales? You hear that all the time. At first, it's like. It feels really interesting and, like, relaxing. But then after a while, you're like, what a terrible sound to be hearing. Like, I don't know, every every hour they go by, I don't know what they're doing. But they, they're working on some kind of a pro- This is what I think. I don't know for sure. They're working on some kind of a thing where it seems as if they're, they're luring whales to the area. Because there are... There are, like, a lot of them going by. I've seen, like, narwhals. I've seen ones with, like, giant horns popping out of their heads, like, right out of the foreheads. I've seen, I've seen, like, belugas. I saw a big, 
a big super one that I don't even know what it was, but it was gigantic. They go by the windows. I was walking to the cafeteria and I I went past the window and I saw some eye as big as like the ghost face killer's dinner plate medallion with a lion on it looking at me, looking at me in the window. It was bigger than my head. It was so crazy. I don't know what they're doing or how they're even doing it, but they're... They're bringing all these whales. I see them all the time. I've even seen like a few dolphins. We are so deep. We are 6.5 miles down. I did not even think that whales could go this deep until I saw that until I saw that practically glowing the dark mutant whale with the with the horn. That one keeps that one keeps hanging around here. It's it's all weird. I don't I have no idea what's going on for the most part. I just I do the windows, I do the things. I I've been trying to get a hold of AB Silver lately. I I still I still have some questions about this Johnny Coin business. I I don't really like follow the crypto scene that much, but since they dropped the Johnny Coins, him and Johnny Five, I have been I've been paying a little attention. I got some Google news alerts on Johnny Coins and I I've been seeing that they They've been selling some coins, even still, the value, the value still kind of hangs around like 11, 12 cents, but they, they're still moving them. They are nearing the point where they will have sold all the coins in the IPO, I, ICO, rather, initial coin offering. I, I don't know what that all means. I don't know who's scooping these J coins up, but somebody's been scooping them up out there at at the 11, 12 cents. If it's one of you guys, I don't know, man. I I hope you're not getting in too deep, you know. I hope you're not, like, selling off your, uh, your boxed, um, Optimus Prime that you, that you've had since you were a kid to buy Johnny Coins. I hope you're not doing that. I hope you're not selling your, uh, your copy of the first appearance of Moon Knight, because that's a great comic that's only gonna go up in value, especially if if they uh, do the rumored Moon Knight show on the uh, on the Disney streaming thing, I I would have held on to that. But if you sold it to buy Johnny Coins, I I wish you all the best. But I've been trying to get trying to get AB Silver on the line. We only have like intermittent um, phone service in the first place, which is one of the things I hear um, Dr. Walsh is mad about. She's like, one time a day the phone could ring. And when it does ring, you answer it. And I'm thinking to myself, well, if it can only ring one time a day, you probably should have somebody there monitoring it just in case, you know, G.I. Joe had, G.I. Joe had Breaker. People laughed at Breaker for being a communications officer, but you see now, having one is pretty useful. You might miss an important call, but, um, I've been trying to get A.B. Silver on the horn and haven't, haven't been successful, but if, if all things work out right, we're gonna... We're gonna have him on the show in a couple weeks, and we're gonna get we're gonna get some more updates on this J coin biz. I've I've seen like paparazzi pics of J five out there. He was he was actually in the in the wine country where I live recently. There was a there was a big gala put on by Leonardo DiCaprio to raise money for the environment or something, and I saw I saw on TMZ that J five was there and that he bid. He bid half a million dollars on a on a painting that Martin Scorsese did. I don't know. That's a lot, but if you got it, 
If you got all that J coin money, you might as well you might as well go for it, I guess. So hopefully, hopefully we're gonna get some more info on that. But um, as of now, all I know is what I've read in my Google alerts. Uh, let's move into the next segment. I actually I saw a movie, and I'm gonna I'll talk all about it in a sec. In a moment, at the movies without Ebert, Cisco, or even that dude Roper, but you've got icy robots, so that's something right. You want to move weight? You come to me. Feeling it? Yeah, I'm feeling it. Would you believe a 15-year-old kid was working for the federal government? But he was. I went to see White Boy Rick on a Monday. It opened the same weekend as the Predator movie, and I knew I was only going to get to go to the movie once. So I decided I'm going to see White Boy Rick. I'm not the biggest Predator fan out there. I prefer Alien. Alien's more my franchise than the Predator franchise. I'll, I'll for sure see Predator, but when I had the choice of seeing this or that, I went with this. White Boy Rick is the story of a, it's the story of a 15-year-old who becomes a drug kingpin in New York in the, in the 1980s. His father is played by the great Matthew McConaughey, and his father starts him off in the, in the illegal gun business. And eventually it moves into the drug game. What one thing that I really liked is Matt McConaughey, he's selling he's selling bootleg AK forty sevens to it's a street thugs. And the reason he's doing it is because he wants to save up enough money to buy a video store. He thinks video stores are the future, VCRs are the future, and he just wants to sell enough of these AKs so that he can get out and start renting movies to people. He was right. He was early in the video store game. He was saying how there wasn't even one in Detroit yet. He was, he was early. There was a lot of money to be made in the early days. And he was, you know, he's in his 40s or 50s already. So he could like got in, retired, got out, made a lot of scratch. We only, we only hear a little bit about the video store game. And we only get to see his store, his store once. This isn't a spoiler. This is all, this is all in the trailer. You see him having a party at the, uh, at the video store. I would definitely have liked to have seen more of that, but you do get to see lots of, lots of fun 70s stuff. This is all, all based on a true story. I, I liked it. I thought it was fine. It wasn't, it wasn't as good as I thought it would be. It was well acted. It was well directed. Everything about it was, everything about it was like structurally fine, but I just, I, I just don't think the story was interesting enough to uh, to carry the you know the the weight of the whole film he's he's selling drugs moving drugs doing stuff and it's like it's all things we've seen a bunch a bunch of times before the the big conflict in the story is that the the police get white boy rick into the into the drug game they they need an informant on the inside. So they they start him off with his first packet of drugs. They show him how to sell the drugs. 
And that is, that's the, that's like the lure of the story. That's the conflict. And in reality, that is a very, very interesting story. But in a world of movies where Thanos snaps his fingers and everybody, half of everybody disappears. In a world where like all sorts of crazy things happen. And, and even in our, our real world, all sorts of crazy things are going on with the police all the time. They want you to feel as if this is unbelievable. This could never happen. They would never lure poor white boy Rick into the drug game. I guess, I guess I'm not that naive. I feel like this could be something that would definitely happen. And the fact, the fact is things like this probably do happen all the time. Shifty, shifty cops are sometimes out there just trying to pad their records and get busts and they'll, they'll do it any way they can. I, I guess I, I need more. I need more than that out of a, out of a uh, tale like this. It was just white boy Rick swinging around and like, slanging drugs and driving in his car and doing stuff i i enjoyed it i didn't feel as if this was a waste of time by any means because the the lead dude the kid who plays white boy rick this kid named richie Merritt, was absolutely fantastic i've never seen this kid in anything i don't think he's ever been in anything but he was he was as much of a white boy rick as you could ever want brian brian tyree henry who is paperboy in the uh the fx tv show atlanta he was in it the great bruce dern from uh the driver was in it matthew mcconaughey and jennifer jason lee i love jennifer jason lee and it's nice to see her Nice to see her pop up in anything. I I by no means thought this was a bad movie. This was this was sadly just a movie. I thought I thought this could be really great. The trailers looked really great. Everything looked really great. But when it came down to it, it was it was just a movie. And the the tomato scores kind of kind of show that too. It's presently at like sixty one with the critics and fifty nine. With the peeps, that that feels about right. Kind of in that, eh, maybe some people like it, other people's not like it so much. With all that said, I'm the good old-fashioned Source Magazine mic meter, with one being a dud and five being an all-time classic. I am going to go ahead and I'm going to give White Boy Rick three mics. Three mics. Kids, it is me, Icy Robots, and we are back for the long-awaited part two of the 1983 from Ace to Zartan. This is the part in which we are going to take a look at at the vehicles. I was supposed to do it one week. I didn't get to it. I was supposed to do it another week. And sadly, Burt Reynolds passed away, and I, I, I worked in tribute to him. But now, now we are here 
We're gonna talk Joe. I love to talk Joe. Joe is like one of my favorite things in the world and definitely, definitely, definitely my favorite toy franchise of all the toy franchises there have ever been. On this go-round of From Ace to Zartan, we are going to be taking a look at at the vehicles. I I have to admit, before we start on this, I don't have as much interest in the vehicles as I do in the in the figures, and I think that really just stems from the fact that, like, as a kid, I wasn't the dude who had all the playsets or all the vehicles. I did have some, I did have some, and I have a few now, but it wasn't as easy to talk my folks into getting something in a box as it was to get something on the card. So I had, I did have, you know, more, like my fair share of action figures, but I don't have as many, as many memories of the vehicles. I do have, I do have some now in my collection. Let's, let's get started with a, you got the APC to lead things off, and that is the Amphibious Personnel Carrier. I... I coveted this one. This was one of the bigger ones at the at the time it came out. It was it was definitely one of the bigger ones. It it is basically a troop transport. There are room for I believe I believe all in all you can fit at least 16 guys in there. I I never owned this one. I don't think I've ever I'm not even sure I've ever even held it in my hands. It's neat though. It's it's you know olive army green and the and the top, which is kind of a, like a tan with with uh, some somewhat camouflagey details, it comes off, and all the Joes can sit inside, and they have seat belts so they don't fall if you're if you're using it as a carry case. There was also a mail away version that did not have the uh, tan top. It is just a straight green top. That one. That one's a bit more coveted than the other one. This guy is pretty neat, though. You can also fit two people in the front, a driver and a passenger. There is a cannon on the top. I would I would pretend that one dude was the driver and the other guy was manning the cannon. The, the second one is the assault copter, the XH-1. The Dragonfly. This comes, of course, with, with Wild Bill. This is one of the seminal... G.I. Joe vehicles, and I did not have this, but my younger brother did, which was weird, because he, he liked G.I. Joe, but he was more of a Transformer guy, but he had this. I, I dedicated an entire episode, episode number five of the Toys R Us report is about the Dragonfly, and I, I tell a story of my jealousy at him having this, and what it, what it drove me to, this is, this is a beautiful, uh, beautiful vehicle. It has a cannon in the front, and on the, on the skids, I think that's what you call the part, the, the landing portion of the, of the helicopter, there is a place where you can fit, you can fit the stretcher that comes with Doc, the action figure. It's just, it's just a great, it also, it also comes with Wild Bill. Wild Bill was one of the biggest characters on the show, and he, as far as I know, did not come individually in this, in this outfit. So the only way you could get your hands on Wild Bill, who was dope, was if you got the Dragonfly. This was another one of the high-end ones. I... I still do not know why my brother got this, and I did not. This is, 
This is something I've coveted forever. I don't have I don't have a lot of space for vehicles in the office down on the up on the Earth base now. I got to get used got to get used to saying that it's up above me. I'm used to it being down below, but I don't got a, a lot of space there. I could hang it from the ceiling. This is this is one that I am definitely definitely considering looking out for. The next thing alphabetically is the Battle Gear accessory pack. This is this is something I definitely remember having. I was terrible with my guns and my accessories, and when they when they came out with this, which is essentially a replacement pack for most of the dudes' guns, I was I was so happy. Some of my dudes still did have their guns, so the remainder of the guns in the battle gear pack became like a uh like a weapons depot. I thought this was so great. I may have actually owned like two of these. I love them so much. Another thing I liked about them was that they cost, they cost slightly less than a figure, so if you only had a couple bucks, you could get one of these. Let's just, let's just quickly go over what's in this. You got four brown helmets, four visors, one gray binocular headset, like Steelers, one gray communication headset, like Breaker, one tan ammo backpack, that's the short fuse zap one, one tan communication backpack, one tan laser backpack, one tan combat backpack, that's Grunt, one gray power crossbow Scarlet, one gray M16, which is Grunt, one laser rifle from Flash, one M11 submachine gun, which was Stalkers. The the original accessories were in all these various colors, not, not tan and not gray like this. There were two Uzis, like Snake Eyes or Steelers, one M60, with the biped, which was rock and rolls, one snake eyes backpack, and two battle stands. I also loved the battle stands so much. It was neat to be able to, for once, put your dudes in like a peg and then have them doing like karate kicks. It was fantastic. I loved it. I'm a big fan of the battle gear accessory pack. And then alphabetically, we have three Cobra vehicles all in a row. The first one is the Fang, that is a fully armed. Negator Gyrocopter. It's a small little, I would call it a helicopter, but I guess it's a gyrocopter. It's dope. It's black with red accents. It has four missiles and a gun in the front. This is, this is one of the mid-range, lower mid-range vehicles. I, I have, I think, two of these now. I should, I should hang it from the ceiling now that I'm thinking about it. I, let me do that when I'm when I'm back up there over the over the weekend. I I think this is a neat vehicle. I like how it's open and the uh, the driver just has the he just has the stick right in front of him. He's very very exposed. This would be like a light light assault copter, I guess. The next one is the is the famous Cobra Hiss. This is this is the standard Cobra tank. It's black with some red accents. It comes with a driver who wears all red. There are, there are a couple variants of this with, with different colored numbers. The number 788 is on the side. In the original, it's red, and then there's one that has none, and then a later release with white labels. I, I don't think any one of these is any more valuable than the other ones. This is a nice vehicle. It doesn't have any missiles or anything like that. So usually when you find them, they they are complete. They don't have any of the of the small easy to lose pieces. The driver 
is a nice figure. He has a silver, silver logo that tends to wipe off, so keep an eye out for that. Let's, uh, let's take a quick commercial break. It's, it's a commercial for The Hiss. This is the perfect time. We'll be back in a sec with, uh, some more fun, right? It's all fun. It's all good. It's all true. We'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. G.I. Joe is there. G.I. Joe. I don't see his cobras and a weapon. Hiss. Destro's a genius. Hiss is unbeatable. Surprise attack. Call in the Wolverine. Go get him, cover girl. G.I. Joe. So long, Wolverine. Very clutch. Wolverine's in trouble. Destro, look. Hiss is ready. G.I. Joe, Wolverine, and Cobra's Hiss, each with figure, other figures, and equipment sold separately from Hasbro. All right, we are back. Up next is the Cobra Viper Glider. This is this is the Cobra version of the G.I. Joe Falcon Glider. It's made of foam. It has a has a plastic backpack type thing where a where a figure can be attached. The figure that comes with this is it's a Cobra officer. He has the silver silver insignia on the front. He does not come with a rifle, which would that would be pretty cool to have your guy floating about capping it, guys. The the downside of this is that everybody broke it the day that they got it. Therefore, it is this one's highly sought after in good condition. Up next is the collector display case. It's basically just a case. You now you can fill all your dudes inside. It came with little name labels that you can put on the front. I I have this now. I don't have the labels. Uh, I like it. I've always liked carrying cases. Carrying cases for action figures are they're kind of like this side interest of mine. They take up a lot of space so I can't I can't have as many as I like, but I do got the Darth Vader head. I got another Star Wars case. I got the famous space case. I have two G.I. Joe cases. I have a Batman animated case. I... I just like them. I I don't know. Up next is the Cobra Jet, the Sky Striker. From from what Engineer Nerd told me, I believe he, he believe he told me that this is actually a Navy plane, not an Army plane. It's this is the this is the fighting plane of the G.I. Joe team. This is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful toy. It comes with one, two, three, four, five, six missiles and a bomb. It comes with Ace. It has it has a parachute for Ace. It's it's just absolutely terrific. I know we just heard a commercial, but we're gonna hear another one right now because they made one just for this because it was so dope. He'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. G.I. Joe is there. G.I. Joe. Cobra Vision! Get the G.I. Joe Sky Striker! Ace the Airborne! Let's get those turkeys! We're gonna get Cobra this time! Our combat jets are on the way! Hey, check my missiles! They're A-OK! Great! I'm going down for a closer look! Way to go, Joe! G.I. Joe Sky Striker comes with Ace and two parachutes. Other figures sold separately from Hasbro. I guess I was wrong. It actually comes with two parachutes, which is which is dope. Nice to think that Ace Ace was gonna save his homies too if he had to uh, if he had to get out. The parachute, the parachute was lost by every fool who ever owned this foolish thing. So if you ever see it, grab it. It is a valuable valuable piece. I have never owned the Sky Striker. I would like one. I would hang it from my ceiling with um the hisses. 
that I'm going to put up there. Let's see. Up next is the Falcon Glider. This is this is just like the other glider I told you a minute ago. It is the it is the GI Joe version. It comes with a tanned grunt. They broke the day you got them. I had this. I I broke it. Up next is the Headquarters Center. It is this is the pit of GI Joe fame. This was this was the the end all of all G.I. Joe sets at the time. I've never owned this. I would like to own it. My man Sammy Delco, he has it, and he sent some pictures, and I I was crazy mad jealous because this thing is a... It's a thing of beauty. It has a computer console, a hidden weapon area. It has a stockade. I would have loved to have taken my... taken my Destro and put him on... put him on the bench in there and been like, you're under arrest, homie. I loved... I love things like little cells, you know, I don't, I don't know, it had a lift for a vehicle, you could drive it in there, scoop it up a bit, there was a small compartment where you could like file away your file cards, there was a helicopter pad, this thing, this thing was just, just, just beauteous, just terrific, I, I would love to have it today, you could have all these little, little deals going on inside of there, you could have guys hanging around and like, hacking at the computer area. The computer area is dope. It has like five or six little monitors. They're on a sticker. Two swivelly chairs. Just, just dynamite. Up next is the, uh, well, there are a series of vehicles, all called pack rats. There is a pack rat flamethrower, a pack rat machine gun, and a pack rat missile launcher. They are, they're small little, uh, I would call them weapons on wheels and or treads. The the mobile missile one is on treads. The other two are on wheels. Basically, I would imagine these are like remote-controlled little gizmos that the Joes could send out there to attack. These were, these were the kind of things you'd buy if you only had a couple bucks. Like if you had a little bit more than enough for an action figure, but not enough for like a nice thing, you would get... You would get one of these. I don't have any of them. I don't think that I ever did. Up next is the Polar Bear. The Polar Bear is a... It's a thing of beauty. I have this one right now. It's a... It's a snowmobile. A weaponized snow machine that Snow Job would drive. I had this one back in the day. I just... I think it's terrific. There are two missiles that attach to the to the treads in the front and there are pegs on each side of the back so that dudes can uh dudes can attach themselves there and drive around with snow job and bust some caps just just dynamite then they have a a little uh pocket pouch that you can attach to your belt it's called the pocket patrol pack and with that you could carry three figures I did not I did not have that up next on up next, alphabetically, is the... This was one you would see a lot. I have this one today. It is the Cobra Snake. It's an... It's a suit of armor that a figure can go inside of. The the one that I have now has a bit of an interesting story behind it. I, I picked it up at this antique mall over in Railroad Square called Whistle Stop. Me and the wife will go... We'll go look around in there, but it's it's a lot of furniture and stuff, so we don't buy things very often. There is, there is one retro booth there that I like to check out, and one time when I was doing that, I I found the uh, the Cobra Snake in the box. I was I was really happy. I don't remember how much it cost, but it wasn't 
it wasn't very much at all. I, I was really, really, really jazzed just to have this, just to have it in the box. And then when I brought it home and I opened it up to play with it, I discovered there was a Cobra Commander inside the armor. Not only was it the Cobra Commander, it was the, it was the Mickey Mouse ears Cobra Commander, the one with the, with the early um, Cobra sigil, sigil that looks like, that looks like a Mickey Mouse head. He was in there and I was so excited. He had his gun and everything. One of my, one of my coolest G.I. Joe purchases of all of the times. This was one of the lower end price wise. Low end price, a lot of fun. So everybody that I know had this. He came with, came with a couple different arm attachments that you could stick on pegs in his back when you weren't using them. I, I think this wasn't dynamite. I'm happy to have it in my collection. I'm happy. I'm happy to have that Mickey Mouse ears Cobra Commander. Up next is, is the twin battle gun. It is a, it's like a double Gatlin cannon. This is another one of the, uh, one of the low price value accessories. I did have this. I do not have it now. The, the wheels flip up and they flip down to add stability. And it also has a, uh, it has a hook that you can, that you can attach to the vamp. The, the very last vehicle in this is the Wolverine, the armored armed missile vehicle. This is, this is a mid-sized threaded vehicle that has, that has two missile launchers, each of which contains six missiles, giving you giving you 12 you got a lot a lot of ammo this also came with cover girl who we covered in the last the last go around i have never had this and i want it i coveted it i coveted it back in the day i never got it i i covet it even harder now i i don't want to pay a premium for it though i want to I want to just find it out at the mall. I want to find it at that antique mall. I want to find it over at Whistle Stop and get it for a nice price. They're, they're hard to find with all the missiles. You know, it has 12, 12 missiles. Kids lost missiles like crazy. I, I would like this. CoverGirl's a, a nice action figure. It also comes with a, comes with a tow cable that attaches to the side. So there you have it, dudes. There were some nice things this year. The Fang, the Hiss, the Sky Striker, the Pit, all this, all this stuff. They were gunning hard right out the gate. Next year, though, 1984 on the next Ace to Zartan, which I, which I plan on getting to soon. These are fun. You got some, you got some nice stuff. You got Zartan, you got Storm Shadow. It's going to be fun. So until then... Let's, uh, let's move into the last segment of the show. We'll take a quick commercial break first. Sweet dreams you can't resist. N-E-S-T-L-E-S. A dream as sweet as this. N-E-S-T-L-E-S. Creamy wine. Dreamy wine. Nestle makes the very best. N-E-S-T-L-E-S. You made it this far, it's time for the final segment. 
the icy robots radio pop culture slash toy news slash other boring stuff informational moment all right my dudes we are back for the final segment of the show which is brought to you by nestle alpine white available now wherever delicious candy bars are sold you might want to check longs or thrifties or zayers or maybe uh Maybe a Kmart or something like that. All the all the fine purveyors of delicious candy will have the Nestle Alpine White. It's it's a sweet dream you can't resist. N e s t l e s. I I would eat one myself, but I'm still I'm still living the life of the the sugar embargo. It is it is what it is. I guess uh, at this. At this juncture for this for this segment, we're going to talk about some things I got, things like that. Just I don't know, a bit of house cleaning or or whatever we do. We do got a call. I didn't put out the call for calls or text this week. I tried, but I have been I have been denied access to the communication closet. Now, not like not like officially, but I don't want to, I don't want to go mess around over there, but, um, our boy, our boy Rob was, uh, he was good enough to reach out to us. This is, this is the dude from the zonebase.org. He, he had a comment about last week's top five Burt Reynolds movies of all times, which turned out to be not as controversial as I thought it was. I thought that I would, I thought that I would get a hollered at for some of my picks, which does, it does happen from time to time, but I... I did not get hollered at a bit, which means, which means either it wasn't, wasn't that inflammatory of a topic, or it could also mean that, like, all five of the movies are good, and everybody's just happy with where they are. Let's, uh, let's take a quick listen to this call, and if you want to, you want to reach out to us, you can, uh, holler at us at 707 532 jams that is the IC robots radio hotline that is 707 I actually had to go and look at a keypad it was a keypad on this adding machine that uh they have me crunching some numbers some numbers of the algae scrapers I I may need in the upcoming upcoming fiscal year. Uh, let's let's just uh, take a listen to that. Seven zero seven five three two jams. Give us a call. Give us a text, and you can you can be cool like Rob from ZoneBase.org. Hey, what's up, IC robots? This is Rob from ZoneBase.org. You know me. Anyway, I was just listening to your episode with the Burt Reynolds tribute, and I just wanted to share a little story with you. I actually uh, grew up on the uh, in the town where they shot most of the scenes for Smokey and the Bandit. Uh, Smokey and the Bandit was filmed mostly around Jonesboro, Georgia. Uh, the school that they tried to do during football practice was actually Monday, Monday's Mill Junior High that my brother went to junior high at. And later, when our school system changed to middle school, I went to sixth grade there. But more notably, the town they used for Texarkana, that's actually the downtown uh, court district, or former court district of Jonesboro, Georgia. Those buildings you see drive, when they drive up, one is the old train depot that's currently in them, and all the other little buildings are like, there's like lawyer's offices and little mom and pop stores or whatever. That little area across the street from it is 
the old town courthouse as well as a gas station. So when I was in college and I found out that Smokey and the Bandit was filmed there, I used to regularly joke around my friends to go to Texarkana and buy some cores from that gas station because it was totally legal then. I never really understood why it was illegal back then. My father explained it to me and I've done forgot the explanation and <laughs> not really that concerned, I guess, <laughs> but I don't know. You, you just made me think of that, dude. Hey, what's up, IC Robots? This is Rob from Zone Based Up. I think that we learned about that. Wasn't it something to do with preservatives, preservative laws, you know, the, the things you put in the beers to increase the the shelf life. I think it was something like Coors was all natural and preservative free and that it would it would go skunky within a couple days, so it was only available in areas near a bottling plant. I don't know. Something like that, I guess. That's really cool though, Rob. It's always neat to uh be involved with any kind of filmmaking, you know. Filmmaking seems so so interesting to me. Just having any 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 little touch of it is always Always cool. Thanks for sharing that. I really do appreciate that. That was was some cool stuff, man. Texarkana. Texarkana is the downtown. That's, that's pretty dope. Smokey the Bandit is such a, such a good movie. You cannot go wrong with that. It's one of those, you can just like hop in for a, a bit and you can enjoy what you see. I, I always felt more toward Jerry Reed than the the bandit. I, I preferred the snowman. I felt more more like the working dude who has to load the truck than the dude who gets the chick. I don't know. What else? What else is popping off around here? I got the uh I got the Norm Peterson Migo. I wasn't sure if I was going to, but um there's something about opening these guys up and playing with them. It brings me it brings me legitimate happiness, and I I started seeing that the second series ones with Frankenstein and such were were hitting shelves at some stores, and I I told the wife I'm like I got froze out of the Dracula, I will not get froze out of the Frankenstein. We gotta we gotta start hitting the targets. So we were hitting the targets like every every other day because she she's down for it she doesn't mind she's always into into an adventure so we're doing that and we're having no luck and every time i go i'm just like looking at the migos and i go i got Jimi hendrix i got Chekhov, and i got sulu and i got i got action jackson all that leaves well i got fonzie too i got the fonz i think i talked about that i'm like all that leaves is norm should i buy norm and i said yeah it's it's only twelve ninety nine. They've been knocked down to twelve ninety nine. So if there's any of them you're interested in, go get them. So I I grabbed Norm Peterson from Cheers. We all know Norm. He's the one who sat on the the bar stool in the corner. He had the he had the tab that had to be tabulated by NASA. He's the one who seemed to really hate his wife. They they made him in series one, and I, I picked him up. I I think I like him. I think I like him a lot. He has a he has a beer a beer mug with. It has foam on the top, a bit of the foam is dripping off the side, and Cheers is embossed across the front. He has a suit, he has a suit, a shirt, a tie, pants, and shoes. I I think that the head sculpt looks a lot like George Wint. I'm, I'm into it, man, it's cool. Next series, they're going to make uh, Cliff Clavin, the know-it-all mailman, who was Norm's, Norm's buddy, I... I reckon I'll pick him up too. John Ratzenberger's cool. He was in, he was in Empire Strikes Back. That's, 
that's an amazing, amazing credit. He played a rebel soldier. I have nothing but respect for Ratzenberger. He's been in every Pixar movie. Is that the, is that how the legend goes? Cool guy. Series two's looking like it's going to be shaping up well. The, the Frankenstein search was fruitless. And then I, I read on Facebook that Marty Abrams, that's the dude behind Mego. He, he tweeted out how some targets have jumped the street date. They put them out too early, which does happen sometimes in the toy game. And he did not want the Migos with the Frankenstein and the Clavin and all that stuff to come out until the the 30th of September, I believe it was. But some stores jumped the gun and he was, he was asking for names so he could call those stores up and complain. So... I, I've scaled back the search. I realize maybe there's a chance they'll come out early, but then more than likely around here, there's a chance they're going to come out late. So I've been slowing that down. I, I actually managed to pick up the Dracula, but I had to do it online. I don't, I don't like to do that. He hasn't, he hasn't come yet. I picked him up on eBay. I jumped into an auction at the last second and I got it for 16 1694 I think it is with with like six dollars shipping which is that's about what shipping costs amigo is just over the 16 ounce limit so it has to has to be ship priority rather than first class so that is gonna be around like six or seven bucks or so plus you got the cost of a box so I didn't feel that bad about it I haven't got it yet I'm really I'm really looking forward to it. The The person I bought it from is having some kind of a personal crisis. She messaged me and she said she's not going to be able to get it out. It's like how often, how often people seem to have these personal crises when it's time to ship something out from eBay that I want. But I, I'm really looking forward to uh, finally getting my hands on a Dracula. I, I hope it'll be sometime soon. This has turned into the, the Mego portion of the show, this this last segment, I, I hope you're interested in this, I hope that the Mego relaunch is something that you guys are, you guys are following as much as, as much as I am, I just think it's, I think it's a delight, I don't know, I look at my shelf, when I'm, when I'm up in the earth base, I, I look over there, and I see the shelf where I have the Migos, and I think to myself, how fun is that, I have a Norm Peterson action figure, how fun is that, I have Amigo Jimi Hendrix. Just, just a neat thing. I, let's see, what else? What else is going on? I, oh, this is, this is something we sold at the flea market last Sunday. It was, it was kind of, sort of, a last minute kind of thing. I, I've been doing a lot of work in the garage. I want to turn this into like a cool, workable space. So I've been, I've been on the tip of like, if you don't even need this or you haven't even whatever, just, just get it out of here. And I, I had a bunch, a bunch of stuff. And this was also including the bunch, a bunch of normal things that I, that I have for like future flea market sales, stuff I bought that I don't want, stuff, just, just other cool stuff. So I'm like, let's just get this out of here. So we, we decided, let's take it to the flea. We loaded up the, uh, the IC Robots Mobile and we took it over there. It was... It was a lot hotter than we expected that day. The The news gave it a, like, 
75 degrees, but it turned out to be just below 90. It was, it was a bit hot, and I, I have to admit, financially, we did not do as well as I as well as I hoped, maybe like half of what we hoped, but in the end, everything that was left, we just took to the Goodwill, so now the, now the garage is a lot cleaner than it was, the wife, the wife sold a few coats that she had, at uh, one point she was really into, into vintage coats, but she, she wants the, the closet space back, so she sold up a bunch of vintage coats that she hasn't worn in a while, I, I sold a bunch of videotapes that I had around the garage that I that I never was going to get around to watching. At some point, you have to make that you have to make that conscious decision that I am never, not ever, going to watch this. As much as I, as much as I might want to, as much as I think that maybe I could do it in the future, the odds are that I am not going to do it. So I just gotta just gotta let them go to people who might. Who might want them? The flea market's always a fun experience, though. We have a lot of friends in the uh, in the flea market sphere, as it were. So you get your booth, you got your chairs, you're kicking it, you know, and your friends drop by, say what's up. We saw a couple people we haven't seen in a while. It's it's a nice social experience. You you set your space up, and then people come. They look at your things. They they tell you what they think of the things that they have. People will always tell you things you have are cool, things you have that are cute. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to buy it, but they'll be like, oh, this is really cool lunchbox, or this is like a really cool action figure set. Oh, I like these WCW cards that you have here. Or, hey, look at that magazine that has Kevin Nash and Scott Steiner on the cover. That's really cool. Or, I remember having... A Sega Genesis. I used to play all these games, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're interested in like re reowning them again or anything. You get a lot of that, but it's always it's always nice to uh you know hear some compliments on your taste. We we have an easy up, you know, like um a a cover. So the sun's not that bad, but the cover only covers half of the spot. So. I stay out from under it because I want the I want the people in there. I don't want to be like jammed in there while they're looking around. I want to give them space to look around. We didn't we didn't kill it as much as I would have want to, but I'm going to take all this money to ToyCon, which is which is this upcoming weekend, the Santa Rosa ToyCon. So all this was extra money that I'm thinking I want to use to buy more loose G.I. Joes. I have a few that I want. I want Road Pig. I want Serpentor. I don't have either of those. I would like the... I would like the SWAT guy whose name escapes me right now. He wears all blue. He has a bunch of guns. There are... There are a few. If I... If I see a Scarlet, I will... I will definitely jump on that. The flea market money will... That'll cover something like a Scarlet. If I see that... Even if I saw Snake Eyes... I think the flea market money would cover the price of a uh, G1 Snake Eyes. So if I see one of those, I may get it. But I don't see those at shows very much. You see lots of, lots of random Joes, you know, like Long Ball or the, the Minesweeper guy. You see dudes like that. You don't see the Snake Eyes. Everybody, everybody grabs the Snake Eyes right off the bat. So hopefully though, I'll come home with some cool stuff. I'm, I'm certain that I'll come home with some cool stuff. But this show, I always come home with something neat. Last year, I got that Jabba the Hutt playset that I love. I always get some cool comics. 
I am really looking forward to that. The next episode you hear, I'll, I'll be breaking that all down for you. The, the keynote speaker at the con was supposed to be Lou Diamond Phillips, but at the last second, Lou Diamond pulled out. I, I read some stuff online that said Lou Diamond also pulled out the last minute last year. So, I, I don't know. I'm going to say Lou Diamond may not be a man of his word. You can you can tell him I said that if you if you know him. You you've let us people in Santa Rosa down twice in a row, dude. You may not be a man of your word. There are there are guests that are much, much cooler. LeVar Burton is gonna be there. I'm really geeked about getting to go to a panel with LeVar Burton. Besides Star Trek, he's the reading rainbow guy. This guy has been like a big part of our lives, you know. LeVar Burton has been there from when we were younger, all through the teen Trek years. I am really looking forward to uh, seeing LeVar. I I have so much fun at this show. The thing I like the most is it's right here in Santa Rosa. I got to drive, like, literally five minutes to get there. It's terrific. I, I might bring my video camera. I broke out my DVE camera, the one that uses those little bitty tapes, and I... Now that I got the hookup to convert that stuff digitally, I'm thinking about shooting some video with it. I may, I may bring it with me. I may not, uh, you know, you know how that goes when, when at the last minute, you never know which way you're going to go. Should I, should I carry this with me all day or should I leave it home? I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how motivated I am. You know what? There was a big thing that happened this week that, that I have been, uh, completely sort of, Completely no-selling. This past week, we saw the first ever release from Pooptronics Toys. They decided to immortalize our our first battle against the Space Pirates way, way back when with a, with the release of in-action figures. In the, in the set, you get Iceberg, you get me, you get two Space Pirates, and a genuine, not-so-genuine Jupiter Stone. These are... These are presently available at icrobots.com for the low, low price of $7.99 shipped. They, they even sent along a commercial. Let's, uh, let's take a listen to that real quick. Available now from Pooptronics Toy. The Space Pirate Attack and Action Figure. Crazy. They are blowing us up. They're not blowing us up, Iceberg. It looks, it, the shields are still holding. Are, are, is everything okay? Are the shields holding? They are at 37% efficiency, sir. Snoogans. Okay, we're going to have to do something. They're softening us up for an attack. Let's move those desks over near the doors. Come on, let's go. The first ever release from Pooptonic's toy. The Space Pirates Attack. Available now at icrobots.com. While supplies last... This is a real thing, my dudes. You can find these at icrobots.com. Just hop on over there, I-S-E-E-R-O-B-O-T-S. Scroll down a little bit or go over to the right. There's a bar that says merch. Tap on that. It'll, uh, it'll take you right there. These are available in a super limited quantity for $7.99. I've already sold a few. People have already received them and they are receiving rave reviews, so icrobots.com, Space Pirates Attack in Action Figure Playset, this is definitely something you want, $7.99 shipped, it's a great, a great piece of show memorabilia, so I think that's about it 
for this week. I think I've uh, covered everything that needs to be covered. I gotta go. Gotta go get those windows, man. The algae will not will not scrape itself. If I'm lucky, I'll be able to go out in one of those uh, one of those barnacle blasting submarines. But the the odds of that are not all that great. Next week we will be back with with my report from the Toy Con. It's gonna be great. I I'll bring my camera. I'll bring my I'll bring my recorder too. My digital recorder. Maybe I'll be able to get some of the uh some of the stuff from our dude LeVar Burton. Who else is gonna be there? Walt Jr. from Breaking Bad is one of the guests. The the head bad guy in a house of a thousand corpses. I I cannot remember that guy's name, but the one who was in The Devil's Rejects, the the guy is really thin, wears a tank top, has a beard. He's going to be there. Some guy some guy from Firefly, I think is going to be there. There's also the the standard guest, John Provost, who is little Timmy from uh Lassie. He lives around here. He's at every every local con. The creepy coffee movie guys are going to be there. It's always Always a hoot and a half, man. Mike Grell. Mike Grell, who wrote The Longbow Hunters, the great Green Arrow series back in the, uh, back of the 90s. He's gonna be there. I think that I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna bring my issue number one of The Longbow Hunter and get that, uh, get that signed by Mr. Grell. I've enjoyed these, these so much over the years that I, I feel as if I owe I owe Mike Grell a big bow wow. So I'll I'll see how that goes. And I guess that's about it. So for me, Engineer Emily, Ensign Kate, Iceberg, Dr. Walsh of the Fish Specialist. This is me, Icy Robot, signing off. This is episode number 169. If you don't know, now you know. Everybody love everybody! This is 36KICU, San Jose, San Francisco, Oakland. This has been I See Robots Radio production. I See Robots Radio is a listener-supported in Dehar. If you like what we do and we make your day a little easier, please consider tossing a few bucks our way to help keep the life support running. All money collected goes to help us prepare for future space pirate attacks. Go on over to supportthereport.com for all the details. Thanks and have a great week. Destro's a genius. This is unbeatable.